0: Moving into the barriers, Moods, Mytho, Rog and the Rain Man, Sets and underway for Moody on the Mic.
1: Welcome back to Moody on the Mic. Not too far from the mid-season break here, but we are warming into, as Rain Man says, Stradbroke season. I'm Roger Aldridge. Join me, as always, Peter Moody, Anthony Mython and the Rain Man himself, Tom Hackett and I've got to kick off, boys. Uh, speaking of kick off, not too far to Origin. That's why we're recording a bit earlier. We want to all be on the couch for uh, Queensland, New South Wales tonight. I- I've got to kick it off with with the uh, with the Everest price increase because look, we know here on Moody on the mic that in terms of pop up races, Mitho only gives a shit if um, if he's got a runner in a pop up race. Now I Moods has long said put the money into grassroots, but Peter, you also have the favourite for the Everest. So how do you feel about the boost up to $20 million?
2: Well, listen, at the end of the day, Roger, does it make any difference to the race? Is it going to change the quality of the field? Not. um, Listen, if you're a part of it and you're a chance of getting your hands on some of it, it's a great thing. One thing the Everest has shown us, um, you know, there's a thing there that people concern that the sport's becoming elitist. And, you know, we don't want to go down that road in Australia because Australia is one of the very few countries in the world where every any man and his dog, you know, the school teacher in Townsville, the plumber from Hobart and everyone in between can have a share in a horse because the backbone uh, of the ownership group these days, outside of probably a handful of big private owners, are the breeders and the syndicators. And... Um, You know, the syndicators do a hell of a job. They bring in a lot of new people. And and we've seen with horses like Red Zell, he's the first one that pops to mind. We've seen Golden Slipper winners with Derby Racing. We see Fireburn, a Slipper winner, going around in the Queensland Oaks this weekend. You know, the opportunity for everyone to have a piece of the pie is phenomenal. Do I agree with it going to $20 Probably not. I I think, and I listen with interest, you know, the, the turf wars between New South Wales and Victoria and where the prize money's going and, and New South Wales wants to sort of dominate that. Listen, I'm not going to disagree. Good luck to them. But I think the one thing, and and I've been a great advocate, I think Peter Valandis has been tremendous for our support, but I would think in Victoria we have fast superior facilities, racetrack-wise and training-wise, and I congratulate Racing Victoria on the fact that they tip in Tens of millions of dollars, along with the Victorian government, in maintaining and upgrading our facilities all the time. And I continually hear gripes from some of my counterparts in New South Wales where they probably don't get the same thing. Now, is it good that we have a $20 million race, the second richest race in the world um, on turf or the second richest race in the world, full stop? I think it's the richest race on turf. You know, that's, that's probably a great feather in the cap of racing New South Wales. It's a great feather in the cap of Australian racing on the world stage. Is it needed? I'm not totally convinced. But if I get an opportunity to get my hands on the, some of the big cheque, well, I'm probably not going to take a lot of convincing. But at the same time, don't forget <laughs>
1: grassroots. Don't forget the facilities. Don't forget the infrastructure. That was a long
0: way to answer what I thought you'd just go, yeah, bloody oath, I, I wouldn't mind a bit of the extra five mil. Would you potentially donate some of the extra five mil back to grassroots racing moods? Put, put, literally put your, your, the money where your mouth is?
2: <laughs> um, no, that wouldn't be the case, Rain Man. <laughs> um,
0: I've got plenty of goods <laughs> to pay like everyone else
2: in this industry, and I've got plenty of outgoings <laughs> as well. Like I said, I would gratefully accept it, but does that make it right um, listen, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. It's it's great to have this race. It's great for it to be heralded, and it's great that everyone has the opportunity. There's a lot of syndicated horses. There's a lot of people out there who get a chance to get their hand on the dollars. It's tremendous. But when, when you know, I, I think we get the stage. When's enough enough? And we don't want people outside of the sport thinking it is elitist. You know, I think we nearly really need to promote the fact that you you, you might be as much chance as being winning the Everest as a race owner as you are winning the lottery. How many Aussies go and buy a lottery ticket each week? I would imagine it's a lot more that are going to attend
3: Eagle Farm, ranwick Flemington and Morfordville on Saturday. Have you forgot what you were going to say there, Rayman? Because you, you stuck the two fingers in the air saying you were going to ask something, but that might have been four and a half minutes ago because um, we've been recording for about 10 minutes and all we've heard is, you know, Peter justifying why he's not going to donate back some of the prize money he's about to earn with I Wish I Win in this year's Everest. Uh, what we should be doing if we're smart at Moody on the Mic and uh, and Ladbrokes and Entain, we should be buying a slot and bullying Peter and his co-owners into uh, running that horse I Wish I Win for the Mytho on the Mic team and we can all share in the $20 million riches. I think that's the more appropriate way to go because, you know, giving starts... Right here, I would say, you know, and you know, generosity for Peter Moody, generosity is um, you know, at someone else's doorstep, not his.
1: Ray right, Man, I've got to ask you this question. Would you think that Mytho would prefer the twenty million or that the podcast was called Mytho on the Mike?
0: The podcast be called Mytho on the Mic and it's not close? You can't money
3: can't money can't buy that sort of opportunity, Rog. <laughs>
0: hey, uh,
1: getting away from the sprinters and, and, and going to the stayers and it looks like we've got a new star in our hands in Liga who uh, romped it in in the Queensland derby on the weekend but the one coming out behind was the one that Moods gave a bit of a push for Moods, fame ran second in the group one on the weekend it, it looks like you've got a, a, a decent, well, middle distance at least horse on your hands
2: Yeah, well, listen, something had to run second to Kovalika was probably the way uh, we uh, uh, approached the race. And listen, it was a great result for us, but Kovalika was dominant. But I think that form is very much untested, to be quite honest. Um, Every time a horse wins an Oaks or a Derby, they all of a sudden shoot up the markets for a Caulfield Cup as a three-year-old. And it's been a long time since we've seen one continue on in that vein, whether it's atc queensland victoria or south australia um you know it's been a long time since sub-zero won the south australia derby in a melbourne cup or or one of the atc derby winners but listen we were very happy with fame's run we thought he ran particularly well Cobalika was too good it had a much better run in the race but at the end of the day it was too good and just dominant but uh, fame off the benchmark 64 at moe i think he did himself proud and uh, More importantly, we might test that form. There's some opportunity that we might go forward and run him in the QE 22 or what I think it's called at wait for age in a couple of weeks. We've seen Kovalika run third in the Doomben Cup. Um, So, you know, that that form's held up somewhat. But in saying that, he got beat by New Marion and a couple of others uh, that you wouldn't think are going to be topping the markets in a Cox Plate or anything like that. So I would treat the form a little bit tentatively at the moment. Kovalika is the fresh horse on the scene. He's the one in our minds, but let's wait and see it. Uh, see how it turns out over the next few months and probably the next six months when we get into spring.
0: We've got a new betting system here, though, punters, that I want to share with you because obviously we had the situation with the TJ Smith where Moods he had the polish to the head, he had the shave, he was looking very smart. We said, okay, that's a real push that I wish I win is going to go very close in the TJ uh, during the championships, which is exactly what he did. And I've got another one. If Moods makes a little a little three-hour trip up to Queensland, just for basically to watch one race, I think it's a pretty good lead that the horse in question is going to run well. I, I messaged Moods on Friday night. Are you coming up for the derby. He said, I'll be there for three hours. And he wasn't lying. He flew in. He got there. I think he got to, he got to the races just before race five. And basically, straight after the derby, Fame came in. He gave him a pat. Uh, he said, running second in a group One's like dancing with your sister. And then he was straight back off to the airport. So that was a little push in my mind that Fame was uh, done to go better than his initial quote of $51 suggested. And the, the punters found Fame in a big way. He was $51 into $11 outside of Kovalika, easily the, the best back horse in the race. And the punters are right. He, he ran a really good second. But that's just another little lead if we can keep track of Moods' travel plans. Uh, will help us find a few more winners or a few more horses that run second at a nice price.
3: Well, the follow-up is uh, where are you going to be this Saturday, Peter? Where will you be in your travels?
2: Well, being Wednesday afternoon, State of Origin tonight, I haven't finalised travel plans for this weekend, Anthony. I'll be happy to let you know. A uh, couple of runners at Flemington and one at Eagle Farm, so we'll just
3: see how it plays out. Well, that's that That makes it even more disappointing than about 12 months ago when I um, – when I uh, stole your telephone on a, on, a, on a flight that we were having back from a race meeting, I think in Queensland, and tried desperately to, um, to set up the Find My Friends app so that I knew where Peter was at any given waking hour <laughs> that his phone was awake. Um, uh, he caught me right at the death as I was just uh, completing the duties to, to follow Peter everywhere he went. Um, I could have had the, the, the keys to the
1: kingdom, well, disappointing with, as he said, he's got runners at Flemington and runners at Eagle Farm this weekend. And I'll tell you who's disappointed about that is South Australian Racing, because there was an article on the Racing SA website the other day spruking that the potential appearance of I Am Caviar, a benchmark 58 horse. Uh, it'll be 11 years, three weeks, and three days since his famous mother packed 25,000 people into Morfordville as I am, if I Am Caviar steps out of Adelaide on Saturday. Well, unfortunately, he didn't accept. And uh, so that article went to shit. And uh, I Am Caviar, I think's running in the bush on Sunday or something, isn't he, Yeah,
2: well, it's a bit disappointing for Racing
1: South Australia that the that the well-beaten
2: ninth at Kyneton last start by the son of Black Caviar was headline news for this coming Saturday. So... Uh, um, Yes, Uh, what do I say there? Well, we're we're going to look for something softer, closer to home.
1: Mm, Very disappointing.
3: Rog, I I read with interest, uh, Bruce McEvaney's had a good dash at uh, trying to fix South Australian racing and good on him because um, I think when Bruce speaks, we all listen. And um, it was nice. he's, He's very rarely controversial, Bruce, but he... He sounded really heartfelt in his, his messaging to the state government in South Australia and the racing authorities to get it right, and this is their opportunity to uh, to um, take a bit more of the pie from the point of consumption tax. And going well, to bore everyone with the finances of racing, but uh, he did make he did make some good points, Bruce, and and it was just a little bit special. I think South Australia
2: continually should be reminded of their racing heritage and the great history they have out of the the state uh, you know people say oh it's not a racing place it's not a racing place they got two football teams and uh, and this and that but right, tell me it's not a racing state with the greats the jockeys the trainers the dinner, the hazers the cummings uh, the hawkses and so on it just rolls off the tongue endlessly and to suggest it's not a great racing state uh you know i think that's total and utter bullshit um, I I don't know what the fix is, but I reckon someone with the passion of Bruce McAvaney might be able to rectify it. You go back probably only as little as five to six years ago, you would have suggested racing Queensland and racing South Australia were on a parallel, obviously, behind racing New South Wales and Victoria with funding-wise. Next weekend, we go to uh, Queensland for a $3 million Stradbroke and a million-dollar weight for age race and a half, half million here, half million there. And we've just seen the feature races in South Australia being run for four and five hundred thousand dollars. Um, you know, and no one there at all. I was at the races uh, on Robert Sengst today, there were 200 people on the course, I wouldn't have felt so. uh, I'm not sure what the fix is, but let's hope they can get it back on track. The fact that they've got one racetrack and all they've sold everything, and uh, I I don't know, I'm I'm not sure of the problem, but let's hope Bruce can stir up some. uh, uh, some goodwill over there with the people in power to get things bloody happening because we do need strong racing in South Australia.
1: And a respected figure like Bruce, who loves racing and loves South Australia, hopefully they will listen to someone like him. Uh, before we get to the break, uh, just a reminder, if you do have any questions for a potential listener question episode, shoot them through to Mailbag at gmail.com. Uh, questions mainly for moods, obviously, but um, shoot them through, Mailbag at gmail.com.
2: And, and we should have oh, we're getting into Moody on the now. Mic merch
1: very soon. Yes, that's right. It's, it's we uh if you, if you do have a question that you want to uh chat, we will we'll have Moody on the Mic merchandise. So I mean obviously we offer Mytho does cough up a fair bit of Rosemont merch for this sort of uh thing, but maybe we'll have Moody on the mic merch
0: as well. And uh you might have an update for us, Rayman? Yeah, the Moody on the Mic merch is going to leave the Rosemont merch in the absolute dust. And I like the Rosemont merch. I'm very pro the Rosemont merch, but this Moody on the Mic merch is going to be something special. It's something out of the box. I cannot wait for it to go live.
1: Before we go to the break, I was contemplating a moment's silence uh, just for the retirement of one of the all-time greats of the track, Kevin uh, But decided that a minute silence doesn't work in an audio medium. Ooh, race
2: seven's about to jump. What do we reckon, lads? Hmm... A guy in the community says he's keen on the ruffy.
3: Do we trust him? Well, his username is, I'm a real big stats guy. Say no more. Connect, banter and follow tips with a community of like-minded punters only in Ladbroke's communities. Ladbroke it. T's and C's apply and available on website. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.
1: Well let's kick off our preview. Three big races at Eagle Farm this weekend. We're gonna kick it off with the Group One, the Queensland Oaks Rayman. And I think up the top of the market is a multiple group one winner.
0: A multiple group one winner and a golden slipper winner, Rog. Very rare. We see a golden slipper winner end up in the Queensland Oaks and she's favorite fibre, and She's three dollars eighty at the moment. Renaissance Woman for Bjorn Baker, four sixteen to four dollars twenty. A uh, bit of specking at a price for so dazzling, seventeen uh, sorry, $21 into $16. But all the early interest has been with the top two here, Fireburn and Renaissance Woman. I, I do think they are the standouts here. But I, I'm sticking with uh, Fireburn, who has just been such an impressive filly basically all the way through. Uh, we know what she did as a two-year-old. And she hasn't had a, a huge amount of luck as a, as a three-year-old. Uh, she has been racing during the order. She was racing well, just sort of finding a few horses better on, on her day. But I think in this race on Saturday, she does get the chance to, to claim another group one victory. I I really don't think the, the step up to 2,400 meters will be a problem for her. We've seen her run well uh, in the Australian Oaks there behind Penny Wecker and just seemed to really handle uh, being up in Brisbane the other day. Won the roses in impressive fashion coming from basically the tail of the, the field. So You're not getting any real steal at the price here at the $3.80, but I just think she's a class fill in this race. And I think it's a race that does have a fairly long tail. So I'm going to go with the class here. Fireburn on top for me. If you're looking for one to add a bit of a value to your exotic, Sakura Girl will need luck in running from Barrier 21, but she's got that New Zealand form. We've seen the New Zealand... uh, Phillies uh sort of dominate during the, the championships in sydney we saw prowess when the binary stud stakes in dominant fashion she looks like one out of the box and then pennywecker was uh very impressive uh, in the oaks as well so secure girl uh is my one to add some value to her exotics and you can find a really good piece about secure girl on the Ladbrokes hub and on Ladbrokes social media channels as well we not only have to uh,
1: not worry about her running the 2400 meters because we saw her run the fourth in the uh, atc oaks but this is only 2,200, so she doesn't have to go 2,400, And uh And I, I'm with you. I think Fireburn uh, is the one to beat. Uh, look, we, we saw her best as a two-year-old, and, and she defied that slipper curse. She returned to form last start, winning that group two roses at 2,000 metres. And I just think she's the class runner in the race who can go the trip and uh, will go the trip and give me Fireburn to, uh, to get a group one win as a three-year-old.
3: Uh yeah. I I I'm surprised at the comment that uh Rayman says we're not getting a spoil the price. I would have thought she's easily the classiest horse in this field. She was bloody good in the roses, um, proving that she can she can win over a trip. Um She's got the best form in the race. Isn't she, isn't she the best filly in the race, Peter? I, I'm I'm saying she's a she's an all in monster.
0: Yeah, well,
2: I would suggest since the days of the great bounding away, we haven't seen a Golden Slipper winner take on a Queensland Oaks uh, in this vein. So it's a long, long time since we've probably seen this double tried to be completed. And she's probably certainly the horse to beat. I just thought there was a sense of timing about the the run of Renaissance Woman the other day, third up, uh, second. Uh, Fireburn beat her fairly and squarely. But I just thought with the barriers... Uh, barrier six I just think Renaissance Woman's probably going to be afforded a much better run again is Fireburn going to get all the breaks again to beat her Um, I I think that's quite arguable and Renaissance Woman's form pretty good she's built nicely I think there's a sense of timing from Bjorn Baker you go back into the spring she ran three lengths behind this the very smart sharp and smart in a spring champion stakes failed in a Victorian oaks at the back end of that prep but no doubt, wholly and solely, been aimed at this race on Saturday. So, for me, I'm with Renaissance Woman. Just thinking, she gets the best run in the race. Fireburn, if she does get all the breaks again, she is the class filly uh, to get the job done. And I don't think you can take anything away from the Ma Eustace filly affair. This a fair suave or Swerve? I'm not sure. Horse uh,
0: two, no, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't swing, know it,
1: Moods. And um, Rayman can't even pronounce it in Miriam,
0: so I, I, think- I deliberately didn't mention it because I didn't want to get, want to get bullied about my pronunciation.
2: Can you give us a price for Brisbane Race Eight Number Two, Rayman?
0: Six dollars at the moment, Moods. That that particular horse.
2: Well, she's she's won her last three, and one thing about winners is they usually continue winning. So uh, I think the race is amongst the top three, to be honest. But I'm with the three Renaissance woman to turn the tables on Fireburn and the Oaks.
1: Winners do keep on winning. There's not a a huge amount of last start winners in the Morton Cup, Rayman. But if you could give us a market and then your thoughts on the race, that would be delightful.
0: Yeah, really interesting race. This one, the Morton Cup. Quantico is the favourite. It was an absolutely good thing licked in the Hortensia first up at Scone. It was a horror watch for uh, punters that backed it. So no surprises come up pretty short here. Prince of Boom, who's been racing well, $4.50. Far too easy the early market mover with Ladbroke, $7.50 to six dollars. Clemenceau, so the only horse here at single other uh, horse at single figure odds, is nine dollars fifty. But I'm pretty keen on Prince of Boom here. He's been racing really well, uh, basically uh, against the the top liners uh, this preparation. He won first up uh, in the Ascot handicap where he beat home Rothfire was beaten only very, very uh, by a very small margin by Rothfire again in the victory stakes. And then he was sixth in the Group 1 Doombin 10,000, where he certainly wasn't disgraced behind the likes of Giga Kick Overpass, Mazu, some of the better sprinters in the country. This is a genuine drop in quality. I think barrier four, Tim Clark in the saddle, he'll be making his own luck right on the speed. He's one of my best bets of the day. Eagle Farm, race seven, number two, Prince of Boom.
1: I am with you yet again, Raymond. man. I, I, I didn't think it was a monster amount of form here. And, and uh, I thought the standout probably was Prince of Boom because of, you know, beating Rothfire three starts ago, third in that blanket finish with Rothfire and King of Sparta two starts ago, and that run behind uh, Kiki Kick as well. So it's not a race that I'll well, – I wasn't going to be rushing into it. Uh, I was with Prince of Boom, but the fact that you're just ready to uh, oil up and go go balls deep into um, Prince of Boom, maybe I will. Maybe I will have a bit on it. But uh, Prince of Bo, for me, also in the Morton Cup. Uh,
3: I'm just going to back one at value here. I'm going to back Baller. I reckon he's the run of the race. Um, won a couple of times at Eagle Farm. Uh, he's 13 bucks in the Ladbrokes market. Um, you know, re- reason, meets, meets a few of these reasonably at the weights with 57.5 kilos. Uh, drawn okay, Mark Zara. Um, happy enough with Baller at the, at the odds each way. 13 bucks, that'll do me. Uh, I'm with the majority here.
2: I'm with Prince of Boom. I think his form's been good and consistent all the way through. Quite a dramatic drop in grade and uh, I think he'll run very well. Probably one at a bit of odds to throw in would be the 11 Clemenceau. I thought he was good last start at Gosford and the takeover target behind Think About It. We saw that form well and truly franked uh, last Saturday. So uh, probably include him in your multiples, but Prince of Boom on top for me.
1: And now the one you've all been waiting for, team, the clash of the Titans. Don't worry about Group One racing. Just, uh, just get ready for Race Nine on the program at Eagle Farm on Saturday, the Queensland Day. Not the Queensland Day Cup. Not the Queensland Day Stakes. Just the Queensland Day. And Rayman, whose days are going to be, moods or mytho?
0: The Ladbrokes market suggests it's a battle between Golden Boom and Red Card, both four dollars twenty at the moment. But we all know that the real battle here. Is between number one Berrieden, who is eighteen dollars, with Ladbrokes, and then Millane. Early money for Millane, sixty-one dollars into forty-six dollars. You put them together in a little same race multi to both run top two, top three. It could be a, a one of the great fill-ups. So uh, it's a, it's actually quite an interesting race to finish today. A lot of hype around Golden Boom. I'm still, even though he's, he's got a great record, you can't knock his record. Four wins from five race starts. I'm not sure he's quite as good as the market suggests. I think he could get found out in this race and. The horse that will need a little bit of luck is Lady Laguna, but she's become a little bit of a favorite of mine. Uh, She doesn't win out of turn, but she always runs a a really good race. She uh, was probably a bit unlucky last start behind Golden Boom. Uh, Before that, she was really good behind Yellow Brick in the Gold Coast Guineas. I just like her as a horse. She's always thereabouts. $12 to win, $3.80 the place is how I'm playing it. But really, that's just the little curtain raiser. I'm looking forward to the personal battle between the one and the three.
1: Well, I mean, Mythos obviously got a hand in both. They are both uh, Victorian breeding alliance horses. I don't really have a strong opinion on this one. Form times, etc. I think red card looks a, a little bit more appealing to me than golden boom. But as the market, and that's what the market says, there's not a lot in it. Lady Laguna also, uh, I thought maybe the value at $14, as you outlined there, Rayman, based on her recent runs and um, if you can hear my uh, 12-week-old daughter in the background trying to get a Guernsey here and uh, her thoughts on meeting on the mic, I do apologise. I'll go back on mute to hear from Moods and Mytho.
3: It's going to be one of those uh, sort of watch it with the hand over the face, through the fingers, uh, given that Mullane um, now in the care of Tony Golan Moods has flown Brereton up there as a as, as a launch missile to, to stymie Mullane from getting the job done and... Um, Look, there's there's all sorts of sort of byplay play going on in the background here um, that I can let our listeners into. Um, there's actually a massive feud between Dolan and Moody going on at the moment. Two great Queenslanders, but by golly, they hate each other over this Malay horse. I can only say that because Pete's now dropped out and isn't actually part of the podcast. And I took that opportunity just to slide right into even just for just for good measure. Um, He's not going to know that I actually said this because he doesn't listen back to the podcast. So um, for those that see him at the races on Saturday, make sure you mention it to him, you know, oh, he having a massive blue with Tony Golan, give it to him, give it to the big fella and uh, he'll be none the wiser. He won't know what you're talking about. But uh, no, I think um, all's fair in love, war and racing. And um, Brereton's still probably trying you know, to be fair, he's a he's a horse that tries. Mullane seems to have turned his toes up, and whether or not Tony Gollans found the key to him trying or not, uh, we'll find out Saturday. But I wouldn't be taking any odds about uh, about um, that happening. So, um, Brereton is our better chance. Um, golden boom, probably the horse to beat. So, uh, in, in, include in your multis. But um, go Dermy. Go Dermy. What do you reckon,
2: Moods? Can we win it? Well... I'm going to make a solid argument for Burton here. Um, I, I think his form lines are far superior to anything in the race. I thought his last start fourth in open company first up from a, an extended break was very good and pleasing. Uh, and and two runs back prior to a break when the horse wasn't hitting out quite right and and uh, probably was carrying a minor injury. He got beat three and a half lengths by Gear kick in the group two group Dane Hill States um so I, I think that gives him a significant push you know my opinion of malayne i think he's a highly talented cult but he just uh i believe he probably hasn't been applying himself the horse they've got to beat his golden boom i think there's probably some doubt on him at the end of a strong 1200 meters um to some degree uh lady laguna is going to need more luck than the first explorers from gate 18 from this start so uh listen i'm uh you know, self-praise is worth five eighths of stuff, all. But I'm going to tip your in each way, including him in your multiples. And and did you want to make any comment about your relationship with Tony Golan? Um, well, I don't have a relationship with Tony Golan. He hasn't got my phone no. number.
3: Yeah, uh, that's no, fair enough. Fair call. No, no, we'll move on from that. Uh, rog, <laughs> what's next?
1: No, I just—I I'm, mean—I'm I'm shell shocked, really. Uh, I thought Tony would have been on to move just to find out, you know, how best to train the horse. But clearly, uh I mean, it's not hard to find Peter's phone number. It's on the website.
2: Did I? Anyway. Did I? Did I miss something there while I was while I was off the no, air? Um, no, not, no, not at all. Not at all. No, 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 no,
3: no. it's all good.
2: I—I I, I, be would believe might i pro- be the
3: first episode of Moody on the mic that you might want to actually listen to back. Pete. <laughs>
2: Well, listen. I, I can I can probably agree with Tony Gollan's sentiments. He probably thought, well, if he needed my advice on how to train Mullane, he'd only have to look at his record and see. Well, he's only run one uh, one win from seven or eight starts. So I probably don't need Moody's input. And the fact that he's got the best strike rate in Australia at the moment, uh, I, I can't argue that with him.
3: It's great that you're guessing what we said whilst you happen <laughs> to drop out, which is even more amusing for me. Hey lads,
2: a guy in the community says he's keen on the Ruffy in race seven. Do we trust him? Well, his username is
3: Big Stats Guy. Say no more. Connect with a community of like-minded punters only in Labros communities. T's and C's apply and available on website. You win some, you lose more.
0: Well, let's roll on the best bets. Rain man, kick us off. I found it pretty difficult at Eagle Farm on Saturday. I think if you, you finish Oaks Day with a few winners, you're going to finish well in front. So I'm going to Flemington for my best bet. Flemington race six, number four, Grey River. Hasn't won this preparation, but it's been racing really well in Adelaide. Comes out of the proud mistake where it finished a, a close second there behind snap. This is a, a genuine drop in quality uh, at Flemington on Saturday. Drawn nicely in barrier two. I think it's going to be tough to beat. So it's Flemington race six, number four, Grey River.
1: I'm going to Flemington as well. I'm going to race eight, and that is race eight, number six. It's our time. Back at headquarters, this time at 1400 which I think is why there's a, a little bit of a spoiler the, in the price, around the $4.40 mark. It uh, looks okay. To me, this is the time of year where it's our time should be winning races uh, on a Saturday. So uh, race eight, number six,
3: it's our time. We can get the quaddy there, Roch, I reckon, at Flemington on Saturday. We can take it's our time one out. Uh, We can take two, field, field, it's our time into Triporti uh, to win the last. This horse is flying, hasn't been able to get a run for various reasons uh, last couple of weekends. But um, uh, Celine Gaudry takes the two kilos off, uh, drawn the grandstand side down the Flemington straight, 1,100 metres. This maps perfectly for Triporti to be winning at the $6.50. So uh, we're going to get the quaddy on Saturday, Rog. That's going to be exciting. That's Rosemont's best of the weekend.
2: Quiet day for the little boutique stable this weekend. A couple of runners at Flemington. Interesting runner in race four, number 12, Mambo Dancer. What odds we got there, Roadman?
0: Right, You're getting $19 to win, 4.80 the place at the moment for Mambo Dancer.
2: Uh, taking on the straight for the first time lacks experience against most of the opposition, but I think she's a filly with nice upside. I wish she had a little bit more race experience, but I think she can give you a good sight in race four, number 12, Mambo Dancer. We go across to the three-year-old 1,400 metres, which is race six, horse number nine, Ryolov. Been very competitive each and every time he's gone to the races. Going to need a bit of luck from a midfield draw, but uh, probably not the worst each-way hope there. But I think my best chance of the weekend, dare I say it, it's Dermot. Race nine, number one, Burton at Eagle Farm. I think uh, he's each way all day to get a good, soft run just behind the speed. And I think he'll give a good side of himself. So good luck, good punting. I don't know if there's too many fast ones out there, but let them run fast.
0: Let's it.